G'day Gabers, welcome back to another episode of Gaberhood, the podcast where gay and queer men can find themselves amongst each other. Uh, today I'm talking with a good friend and an ex-client of mine called Ed Coomba. He uh, lives in a small town in New Zealand with almost no local gay community, and we discuss what it's like to have your dad find your dial-up internet porn stash and see what happens next. Uh, We talk about being masculine in the gay world. We talk about finding masculine guys and hitting on them because we like them, and we hope they like us too. We talk about gay representation on screens at TV and cinema back in the 90s and the noughties. We talk about gay social sports as a form of community. And lastly, we talk about coming out to your hardcore Christian family, your church, dealing with their passive-aggressive judgment at the dinner table, and then fighting with them to make ex-gay conversion therapy illegal in New Zealand. Have a great time. Today we're meeting a good friend of mine and also an ex-client, uh, Ed Coomba. Howdy, neighbor. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Welcome to Gaberhood. So, gay community, what the hell does that mean to you? Oh, uh, good question. I think, I mean, I, I live in a pretty small city, so it's not really so much of a physical community, more almost like a digital online sort mm. of thing. Yep. Um, yeah, it's pretty small. Um, in, in my town, but um, mm. yeah, it's probably more like some people say the gay community is like a small village and you know, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. For us, it's more like a kind of, you know, very small town than a village. So physically almost none, right? Well, I wouldn't say none, but it's still very, very minimal. Yeah. But that's just a population thing. Right. And so that's the existence of literal gay people. But do you, do you find that to be what gay community means? Does it just mean literally gay people or does it mean something more to you? What does it mean to you? I, I don't know. I guess that's interesting. I've, I've sort of never really thought broader than that. But um, I guess, you know, outside of what's physical and what's around you, it would be the kind of, I guess, a brotherhood if we're going to be romantic about mm-hmm. it. But um, We can be romantic about you it. You know, just, just a, okay, so a, a common interest or a, a interest is, sounds odd. But um Something that we have in common with each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's driven out, out of out of the fact that, you know, for so many years there was a lot of adversity, so you kind of had to band together, mm. you know, to form a community, you know, safety in numbers. Do we still? I think it's becoming less and less, which some might say is a bad thing, but it's definitely a, a sign of broader acceptance. Yeah, I agree. You know, that we, we don't need that as much as we used to. Yeah. Um, but we also don't want to sort of throw the baby out of the bathwater. All right. So we'll start off with a bit of gay life uh, and your story and your history. Uh, you're a gay man, yeah? Uh, last time I looked, yes. Do you look like a gay man? Probably the most, probably the biggest giveaway. That's pretty. Oh, the moustache. Yeah, yeah. It's big. Are you, are you developing handlebars on that bad boy? It's getting there. Oof. Jeez. Yeah. All right. We'll see if we can put up a photo in, on <laughs> on the socials so that people can maybe see your face. <laughs> yeah. Suitable for work. All right. There will be uh, potentially, if Ed gives his okay, we'll, uh, we'll link his Instagram at the end of the story. So, if people want to see this amazing Mo, I'm sure they'll find it there. Cool. So, your story, yeah. When, if ever, did you realize that you were different? I don't know if I really ever had like a sort of 
defining moment where I was like, I'm different. I think it's probably similar for a lot of us. We just kind of grow up, I don't know, less popular or uh, slightly socially outcast, I guess. I think from what I've heard and, and read over the years, you know, a lot of us have that same childhood or experience. So I think when I was growing up, it was more, I was wasn't I just wasn't a very good, very cool kid. wasn't very popular. I never had a lot of friends, mm. you know. So um, I think that kind of that was when I felt different. But that was probably under those circumstances less than you know the fact that I was gay. But I suppose when you're in primary school, you sort of don't really know what that is or have that perspective. Mm. You know, at least we didn't in the nineties. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there was no certain point where you're like, oh, I'm different to other boys or I have a, a sexual difference or even a non-sexual difference beyond you were struggling to make friends, but you wouldn't necessarily connect that to your sexuality. You felt different, but that wasn't necessarily because you were gay. No, not when I was young. I think when I was getting older and, um, you know, you have mates in high school, sort of year seven, year eight, whatever, that are starting to like have girlfriends, you know, mm. you know they hold hands during lunch or whatever, you know, that's the extent of that relationship. But when you look at your peers at that age and you're not doing that, or when you do try and do that, you, I guess for me, I always felt awkward or uncomfortable in the sense that it wasn't just nerves. It sort of didn't feel. Yeah, it was deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I have a bit of a story about that. Um, I had a girlfriend in year eight. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you, Kate. You're lovely. Yeah. We were stuck in a movie chair and there was all this talk beforehand that there was all this expectation everyone's like kate likes you so much and you know you guys have been going out for ages now like when are you gonna kiss i was like fuck i have to kiss her in the movie fuck 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 yeah the whole time we're watching the movie i forget which one it was now but it was a dreadful american comedy i was just shitting my pants because deep in my soul i was like i don't want to kiss her and that's because i'm gay and it it was in really really an intense experience for me. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh no, I get that. I just saying that. I, I remember going on a few dates for the movies, and with the same same thing, it was just awkward and fumbly. Yeah. And just un, unnatural. Oh, and bless those poor girls. None of this was their fault. Yeah. Well, I, I'd say one of them might know, but the other one definitely wouldn't. The other one we ended up working together. So, and ironically, one she was actually a school bully when I was a, when I was a kid. He used to pick on me all the time. So, oh, there you go, full circle. You got into a dom sub relationship um, with your female yeah. primary school bully. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a sucker for punishment. But um, nice, nice. Yeah, no, that's true. But then I, I suppose you do, you try it, but you just feel that there's a an awkwardness and it doesn't work, um, mm. and you feel more comfortable hanging out with your guy mates. You know, mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah, not with your girlfriend. Often, yep. yeah, you're at a party and they're trying to like hook up with people, and you're like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, you know? cool. Well, not with her anyway. So, when did you understand that you were gay? I think I, I think I knew before I knew, mm-hmm. or I was aware before I knew what it was. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing things like the the junk mail with the underwear pages and that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. you know that was kind of all we all you'd really ever get in those days you know there was no internet so that was kind of the most exposure you'd get or you'd be walking through the department store and you'd sort of slowly walk past the um the underwear section that had all the photos on it and stuff oh yeah but and you you're kind of like i'm into this but i don't know why but i don't feel the same way about females 
Yeah, yeah. Your mum would go pick out a new bra and you're like, hey, this, this is so boring. Yeah, actually, that was more like, get me out of here. But um, I, don't, I don't think I was aware of what that was. So, but there must have been a time because today you consider yourself gay, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you went from, I don't know, I'm not aware that I'm gay to I am gay. You can't pinpoint when or, or, or roughly when or how or? Uh, I, don't, uh, it's, I don't think there was a, a defining moment, but I definitely, like, I don't think there was a, a particular time where I was like, oh, that's what that is. What did being gay mean to you? Back in, back in those days, in those black and white, you know, days of the 90s, it just wasn't really prevalent in my, my world. That just wasn't a thing that happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I grew up in the church. We, we just knew that they're, you know, all, all gay people go to hell. So it's just, it's not up for discussion. There it is. These people don't exist. They're out there in the world living in sin, you know, down at King's Cross or St Kilda or whatever. It's kind of this whole seedy underbelly world that, you know, we just weren't a part of. Yeah, you know? and it's not an option for you, and it's not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 their choice. You know, they've chosen that lifestyle, and you know, just like somebody might choose to, you know, be a sex worker or something. It was or or on drugs or on heroin. It was that kind of you know? yeah. And this was still very much the whole being in that sort of nineties period, post eighties AIDS epidemic. You know, there was still that whole element of fear, mm. you know, the whole Grim Reaper campaign thing in Australia. It was kind of like. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of what it was. You know, if you're gay, you're a flight attendant or a hairdresser mm. and you're probably going to get AIDS and you're probably mm. going to be very unhappy and, you know, you're going to go to hell. That was kind of it. Yeah, geez. If it was ever alluded to, because it was never discussed, that's kind of the picture that you were given. Yep. So, and, and in those days, it, you just weren't, it just wasn't something that was around, you know, in, in your home like it is now. Yeah, probably the only gay character you'd ever see was probably Mr. Humphreys. You know, I know you've been served. That was it. I haven't seen that like, show, but where do, uh, where do people find out about Mr. Humphreys? That's a pretty old. It's a 1970s um, British comedy. He was very uh-huh. very camp and very stereotyped, but that's mm-hmm. kind of but a bit of a sort of the butt of the joke kind of right. You know, yeah. palatable for most people, not threatening. Yeah. Okay, so is it implied that he was gay, or was he out as gay? Oh, it was very obvious. It, very, uh, very but, obvious. but but did, you know, was it was it literal in the show? Just like this no, character just, is gay, he, he has just, a boyfriend. They just worked in a department store, and he was sort of like he didn't have any. It was non-sexual, but it yeah. was like he was kind of the yeah, you know, he was that one, the, the other. Like, yeah, exactly. Kind yeah. of a bit of a punchline sort of provider. Yep. But um, a lot of people will know what that is when I mention that. But yeah. uh, other than that, I mean, the only other thing that sort of was around was Priscilla and that because it came out in the, I don't know, early mid nineties. Mm-hmm. That was it. And it wasn't until things like Will and Grace turned up, you know, that it was sort of, that was these, um, that gay was starting to become something that was coming through your TV screen. Wasn't really heard of. I, definitely not in a positive way, right? Oh, absolutely not. I remember um, watching some of Priscilla Queen in the desert from behind my mom Um Feeling interested, uh, I don't think I really felt like it was connected to me. I, I guess I wasn't sure if I was gay or not or what that meant to me at the time. God, I do remember, though, the bloody nauseating um, bathtub scene 
where oh, there's yeah. like the grooming predatory behavior and he's like yeah. <laughs> he lets the plug out and his his dick gets caught in the drain. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I you know that left a feeling. I think they cut that out. Have they? I think that's been removed. Yeah, I heard recently that, that was, that's been omitted. Yeah, it, it is yeah. It, it I found it nauseating. It was an extremely intense scene. And part of me associated uh these shrill shrieking men dressed up in in um dresses as, as somehow connected to that kind of nauseous feeling that came over me as I watched that scene, which is a really great reason to remove it because kids won't understand. But that, 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 mm. I guess that was the problem, right? I processed it as a kid. I didn't understand that this person was just sharing part of their life as a story and that didn't have anything to do necessarily with the drag or the, um, you know, their, their lives adventure that they were on. But I remember if you asked me one thing about Priscilla Queen in the Desert before I was 15, I don't know when I watched it again, but I was like, it's made me feel icky. <laughs> and not yeah. necessarily because they were singing songs and dancing. It was just like, it was clearly very adult, very kind of dark, but very um, laughing at the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful movie, isn't it? It is really. And I think the, one of the reasons they removed remove that was because of the whole um, oh, this person had sexual abuse when they were a kid, and that's why they're gay. Yeah, you know, it's that sort of connection which they think they were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be making that connection anymore because it's not relevant. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. You know, I, I don't want to censor everything, but it, it, for me as a child, that's the meaning that I took. I was like, these two things are definitely related, and I, yeah. I don't think that's a message that is really uh, appropriate to to keep pushing, even though the truth of the characters in that story is still their truth and important. Uh, yeah, it's worth being yeah. sensible and not necessarily conflating those unnecessarily. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. And I don't think it should be edited at all either. I think it just needs to be, it is what it is and it's called content. Yeah. If only we could prevent, you know, children who are too young to understand what's happening or to have anyone nearby that will have a decent conversation with them about how did that movie make you feel? You know, what did you understand from it? What, you know, mm. but... <laughs> bless my parents you know they don't have to be the greatest perfect creatures on the world certainly not but like no one's there no one asked me what i felt no one ever asked me if if i felt gay or if i how i felt about priscilla queen of the desert or any other movie i ever saw it just was not discussed right yeah absolutely but i guess that's why you have ratings you know i watched it too young just like i watched scream too young and had nightmares for a couple of weeks <laughs> being the youngest child i think i i caught some things before my time i, I remember when i was i don't know how old now 14 and I looked up a shitload of gay porn on my brother's computer <laughs> yeah. on weekend while I was staying at my dad's place. You know, in the back in the dial-up days, that was probably like five images. Yeah. Um, slowly, and, you know, one minute yeah. per image. Oh, hell exactly. yes. Yeah. Um, as it slowly loaded. Man, it was more tantalizing that way, you know? It's like, oh, shoulders. Certainly was. Nipples. But yeah, no, so I thought I'd gotten away with it and stuff, but then obviously... Um, my brother got home and found it and found the history or whatever. I didn't know anything about computers, still don't. And so my dad had a, a frank conversation with me about it. And he was like, is there anything you want to tell me? Is there any? And, I'm, and I was just like, flat out, did, you know, I think I made some feeble excuse about opening a link in an email and all this yeah. shit came out or whatever. But yeah. dad, I think dad was just like, yeah, I, I know how these things work and that's not how they work. And, you know. Wow. That's fascinating, dude. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was really cool. Um, in hindsight, about it all. How did it go? I just denied everything, and he was like, "Well, if there's ever anything 
you know, you want to say. And and sometimes I joke about things being gay or whatever and, and I know that maybe I shouldn't do that. I was like, no, no, it's of course all good, man. Don't worry about it. No, oh. I'm not gay. Like, you know, I was just too young. Of course. That was really good though because it laid, laid the, the groundwork for years to come. You know, when I was like, well, I know that I can talk to my old man about this. And Oh, thank God. That's so nice, dude. So many people didn't get that. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, he may not fully understand it. Yeah, but he did an excellent job. He just said, I will let you be you. If I, you know, if I say things that are against gay people, know that I realize that I shouldn't. And if you ever want to talk to me about anything, and I don't know if this was his words, but, you know, around this, you can. He said that. Yeah, absolutely. He was like, yeah. And I'm like, no, it's all good, man. Shut up. You're gay. Yeah, you're gay, dad. (laughs) That's actually really fucking beautiful, man. I'm I'm really happy that you got to um, have that with your dad. I would hope that more or less that is what every parent can achieve if they just access the right information. It should be pretty common. Like I would hope that most parents can give that to their children today. You know, you just said how important it was to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was later on. You know, when it actually came to coming out, I was like, I know that my old man's going to be totally fine about it. Yeah. You know? At least you had one parent if the other one was kind of the opposite, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm working on that one. So, when you were coming out, when roughly did you come out? I was a, quite a, a late camaraderie. Uh-huh. So, I was 30. 30? 30, yeah. It was, it was Father's Day. Yeah. Um, what a great day to choose. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Dude, maybe your dad was happy. He's like, finally, finally, he told me. I saw him looking up porn 18 years ago today. <laughs> yeah, it was literally like, he's like, yeah, obviously. He's like, I could have told you that. He's like, yeah, no, so he just, it was like, yeah, I don't. He's like, whatever. Yeah, it seems like he was convinced. Whatever evidence you left behind convinced him quite strongly. Did anyone's reaction surprise you? Um, yes, my brother's. Okay. My brother was, he was pretty staunch. But no, mm. during the plebiscite. Right. And this is the Australian uh, marriage equality plebiscite of what, 2016? Yeah. For context, I live in New Zealand, but my family will live in Melbourne. So that's where I grew up. So during that time, I think I was living in Melbourne then anyway for a few years. And uh, my brother would say things like, oh, bloody yes voters and, you know, bloody vote yes and all sort of stuff. And he's a builder and he's quite tradey and that sort of stuff. So I was quite worried about him. Mm-hmm. And I thought uh, this could potentially be like a real roadblock in our relationship and mm. potentially be quite damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was took me complete by surprise to his credit. He was like, mm. just got to be who you are, man. He's like, because he's, he's now married to this chick who's quite alternative and you mm-hmm. know, she's a Reiki master and all this sort of thing. So I think that probably had a bigger influence. He was like, man, just got to be your true self. And I was like, okay, sweet. Isn't that amazing how some people can be so publicly – uh, seemingly anti, you know, equality, anti-rainbow, anti-LGBTQ+, but then when it comes to their family, boom, they can be there for them. Yeah. I think he's just a product of the generation that we grew up in, you know, and being a sort of builder and a trade and all that sort of stuff, he's, he's just always been like, oh, I don't want a part of that. I don't understand it. You know, I think it's gross, all that sort of stuff. Right. And I think as the year, as he's gotten older, you know, and we all are more sort of exposed. I think he's just sort of like, who gives a shit, you know? 
just if you're not hurting anybody, what harm does it do? You know, and yeah. he's definitely on board with that now. He's like, yeah, I don't care. I uh, I like that second bit a lot more than the first one, right? For a while there, it was like this tolerance thing where it's like, oh, who gives a shit? You know, what you do in your bedroom is your business. But that that's mm. not that is not enough. That is insufficient. To, to go on to say something like, if you're not hurting somebody, I accept you. That's different. To go from tolerance to acceptance. to And, and then the, there's also the next step, of course, of like, oh, shit, I'm aware enough to realize that you've probably been through a lot and this is probably a big deal for you. And then he's your brother and he's got the opportunity to open up to you in that way if you have that kind of relationship. And well, anyway, my point is tolerance and I don't care is is only one step forward. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it is an important step and it's like, you know, baby steps. Yeah, but he also gave you, if you, I don't think you're hurting anybody and therefore I accept you in, in, in more or less, yeah? I accept it. No, he's completely fine. He's, you know, he doesn't worry about it. Like he jokes about it. He jokes, he makes jokes of me about being gay in the same way that he would with his straight mates, which to me is his weird way of being like, I'm cool with this. Yeah. Does it feel inclusive? Do you feel included? It does. It does because you're, you know, I'd give him shit. He'd give me shit. And now he's able to do that, you know, and it doesn't make him feel uncomfortable. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's his, his, his way of being accepting. Yeah. That's brilliant. Hey, you mentioned your ages. Are you guys millennials? How old are you guys? You and your brother? Uh, Hey, Jesus. Um, I was born in 88. He was born in 84. Okay. So you're 34 and he's, uh, Four years older than that, 38? Yeah. Roughly, roughly? Yeah. Cool. First crush, 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 crush. How'd it go? <laughs> um, I I had a mate in year seven whose name I won't mention. A mate. Because um, he always remember. A mate. Always remember. Yeah. Yeah. And because uh, I think he's married now, but he's definitely not straight. Um, Ooh. But again, Christian school. So Wait, everyone can get married. You mean married to a woman? Married to a woman. He could be bi, though. Can't rule out he could be happily bisexual and choosing his own choices. Yeah, true, 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 true. I can't judge anybody from, from my, my angle, but I just know what I know. Sure. But, yeah, we were just really good friends that became really, really good friends and, um, you know, definitely fooled around a little bit until we were caught by my mum and that kind of ended all that. Oh, no. As someone in my childhood who was a very flamboyant and out gay guy, we were teenagers by this stage, he referred to his mate and they used to play hide the sausage. There wasn't a lot of hiding going on, but I know what you mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, it was all above the sheets, but there was a, a bit of action. To be honest, oh, to be honest, it was all pretty innocent. How did it feel? What was it like? What did that, what did that mean to you? Oh, that was going back to what we talked about earlier, you know, I assume, because I wouldn't know, but a straight person might feel the same way when they're on a date with a girl. That was how I felt yeah. when I was with him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's cute. And I know that he was the same way. So, oh, yeah. That's super cute. Is he kind of stuck in a church now and unable to potentially be being his authentic self? Is that what I was, is that what I was picking uh, up on earlier? Absolutely. Okay. That sucks. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, 10 years ago, that was what I, what I perceived. But, yeah, but now you don't yeah. know. Out of touch. Now I don't know what's happened or gotcha. you know, whatever. But yeah, um, that's certainly how I, I see it. Mm. Such fun memories, though. Yeah, very similar background to mine. Yeah, know, as far as all that stuff. Oh, I wish him well. Yeah, so do I.
So before that, uh, at some point, you must have had a kind of a uh, sexual awakening. Was there a specific event or time or moment? What was that like for you? How did you come into contact, let's say, with your gay sexuality? Uh, I think just as a general normal part of puberty, really. You know, the, the normal age. So no specific event? Not really. I think I just grew into it. Okay. Um, but but this thing I just talked about, that was probably the first time that it was ever... Actioned. Yeah. I want to quiz you about your current opinions on, on gay stuff today. What gay stuff, quote unquote, are you into today? Oh, that's a tough one because I don't think I'm really into a lot. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a legit answer, man. If it's like fucking nothing, bro, then that's your answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not really into um, going down to the gay bars and watching the drag show and all that sort of, you know, it's just. Yeah. You don't thing. watch Drag Race on TV. You don't watch Will and Grace. You don't dress up as a girl. You don't wear makeup. You don't. Nothing. No, not, not for me. What about being a lumberjack or like bear, bear activities or masculine stuff? Like, do you find that to be gay for you? And are you into any of that stuff? Oh, that works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if, if, we don't, if we don't limit being gay to being uh, more feminine than your average man. No, absolutely not. Uh, then what are you into? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I consider myself to be um, pretty, I, I don't want to say straight acting, but that's. Right. What if we use the word masculine presenting or just masculine? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that, that area. Yep. Because I'm not, I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. Right. I, I am who I am. I get that. And, and me too, right? And, you know, this was actually an important thing for us. I remember very early on in our relationship where we had a moment where we're like, oh, my God, dude, it's actually been a thing for me most of my life that I realized that I was gay, but I didn't feel like the gay that I could see everywhere. And so I felt lost again. Yeah, I think that's really important. I felt like an outsider amongst outsiders. And that was yeah. legit hard. I know a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction will be, oh, yeah, but you got your passing privilege and your masculine privilege. You weren't teased for being a sissy. But like, yes, that is true. But believe me, please believe me when I tell you, like, this is something that was a real issue in me. And it was hard in its own way. And it can still be hard because you don't you don't wear the badge or have you know gay written on your forehead because you you know act a certain way or dress a certain way or whatever. Yeah. So people just assume that you're not. Yep. And so you're constantly meeting new people and going, oh, actually, my partner who is the same gender as me. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, you're gay. Oh. Yeah. The partner word. Hey, it's funny. I had a plumber come around the other day. I was like, oh yeah, my partner should be home. He's like, oh okay, just let her know. I was like, it, it, it's him. Uh, but yeah, I will. Thank you. He's like, oh yeah, that's no worries. And I was like, oh didn't mean to start a thing it's all good <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, yeah i'll let her know yeah. yeah oh you could say that i suppose you kind of saying it's tough to come out to people still no it's not it's just because because you're um you don't fit the profile yep. that the straight world has yeah they may not be fully under and, and potentially the gay world has as well right yeah but i, I guess we kind of are more aware of the different shades 50 shades of gay me and um. you are <laughs> honestly dude my first time at a gay bar i got to the top of the stairs at connections at perth night perth connections nightclub and a you know i don't know him but probably delightful mincy young asian man goes you know this is a gay club right yeah and i was yeah, like yeah. fuck man do you know how long 
God damn it. I just got to the top of the stairs. I'm 18 now. Do you know how long I've wanted and hoped that I would come here and meet my people? And you have made it unequivocally clear that I don't fit in. Thank you. And of course, that's giving him too much responsibility. But yeah, yeah, I have had many gays in my life be like, what? You're gay? And I'm like, yeah, stop pushing me out. Like I was at the court, which is... um a gay bar in Perth. And this guy, I was noticing like, are there are a lot of footy players here tonight. Like there's a lot of like straight seeming dudes here. And when someone comes up to me, he's like, Hey man, what is up with all the straight guys here tonight? And I was like, yeah, I know. And that pause happened and he goes, Oh, Oh, you're gay. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh, whoa, sorry. Yeah. And I was like, no, but I agree with you. Like, I think there is a lot of straight dudes here tonight. He's like, yeah, yeah, weird. I was like, okay, cool. Have a good night. See ya. I'm just, I'm just here for the music. Oh, yeah. I suppose there's some of that. But, But, you know, we're we're millennials. I'm 33. We we are a generation where people our age, it's much better (laughs) for people 10 years younger. However, I think we were a generation where uh, quite a few of our straight friends were happy to come to a gay bar. And Perth is a bit of a small city. The, that that bar in particular is, I hear today, full full of straight people. It's not really a queer space anymore. Shout out to the Court Bar and Hotel in Perth. Um, I have had queer friends who are quite queer. Like I just, yeah, you know, particularly one gay friend, but you'd easily call him queer. Uh, them actually nowadays, you know, complain. It's not that we dislike straight people. It's that. Some of us, and maybe all of us, need our space to be us. And there is something different about a properly safe, properly queer, gay space that is special and necessary and important to us. And when straight people fill it up, we lose something. Yeah, I think it's also just there's a lot of safety in those spaces. And, you know, as as someone, I guess, as people who present the way we do, yeah, um, you know, you see somebody you like in public and you're like, oh, that's the kind of thing I'm into. Are they gay or not? I don't know. But yeah. when you're in a space like that, well, they're here, so they must be. They're here. They must be queer. You know what I mean? Oh, maybe. You're, you're in an environment where you think, okay, well, if they're here, then they wouldn't be here if they weren't gay. Well, they wouldn't be here if they weren't gay friendly most likely, right? Yeah. It, it just Those spaces make it easier for us to meet people. Yeah, for sure. Because we, we, know, we know we're in a space where we're, we're less likely to get turned down based on. Or, um, you know, beat up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My favorite pickup line forever, because, well, you know, I, I have found myself attracted to guys who are more or less like me and present like me. My favorite pickup line was always, hey, are you gay? And, you know, frequently at the court or at connections, mostly at the court, though. Um, guys would be like, oh, nah, sorry. And we'd have a bit of a smile and a laugh at each other and be like, oh, yeah, no worries. Because, yeah, they were straight, but they were having beers and they were at the gay bar. Yeah. So I'd always check. But I always found it like an appropriate and effective pickup line as well because they knew why I was asking. So I was still hitting on them effectively, right? (laughs) Appropriately. But I gave them the window to be straight. Yeah. You know, frankly, I just always find the straight guy and I fucking, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> damn oh until i met my partner but that's a story for another day he said uh, he said he wasn't gay at first but uh i soon changed his mind uh is there any gay stuff and, and i really mean this in a broad sense gay stuff could be anything that you yep. hate today uh i think that's 
that's a tough question because I don't want to hate anything. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Hate's a very loaded word. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, there's probably things that I dislike, and and if that's what people are into, fill your boots. But it's not for me, so I just stay away from it. What is it? You know the whole like RuPaul thing, um, the Yes Queen kind of. I just I just can't I can't deal with it. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Okay. Why can't you deal with it? What do you mean? I just it seems really shallow. Some of that really okay. Assert, like really avert. Kind of in your face campiness, um, sissiness, queeniness. Yeah, and I just don't know whether we need to be like that anymore. You know, wait. Um, just I'll just pause just for a second because there <laughs> might be some sissy queeny people who are very authentic listening. Yeah, true, true. Thinking Ed's hating on me right now. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not hating on you. Um, but you kind of are. When you say uh, we we don't have to be like that. Are you trying to like change who and how queer and gay people are? No, no, absolutely not. If if that's who you are and that's naturally your your way, don't don't change. You know that this be you. But I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks for clarifying. There's definitely an element of, I guess, playing it up. Or yeah, yeah. As as a way, I guess, yeah. of identifying yeah. each other. I think know. there's a lot of reasons why guys do this, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't think we need to 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 dial up, you know, our our um, homosexuality just for the sake of other people. It's like, it's, yeah, you know. And and I mean, if I go to like, you know, let's look at um, Mr. Humphreys from I've Been Served Again. You know, mm-hmm. that's a great example. You mm-hmm. know, really dialed up, really caricature kind of camp. You know, because it was seen as the it was palatable, non-threatening. Yeah, you know. Um, and even you bring it forward to things like Modern Family, you know, mm. as much as we love, I can't remember the guy's name, the character. Stewie, um, the baby? No, no, no. Modern Family, not Family Guy. Oh, my bad. Stewie's gay, right? Apparently. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Modern Family. Oh, okay. So there's Cameron. Uh, is he the big boyfriend? And then, Yeah, the big guy. And then there's the redheaded one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the brother of the other. The other yeah. yeah. I haven't really watched the show a lot, but. I think what's put me off is just that character, the boyfriend, who's like really kind of like in your face. Uh, the bigger guy, like, right? I think his yeah. name's Cameron. And and this okay. is very interesting, right? Because that show is incredible in that it has a gay couple and a lot of it, I, 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 yeah. I'm, a, I'm quite a fan of the fact that it exists and that they've yeah. done very, very well. But that is a Absolutely. straight guy. Yeah. That is a straight guy portraying a caricatured or, or like very camp gay man. And that, yeah, that kills effect. it for me. That yeah. kills it yeah, for exactly. me, right? Exactly. 100% agree. The yeah. intention is really good and I love that. And I'm yeah. thankful that that character existed when it did. But if we were going to remake the show again today, please don't do that. That's how I feel. Yeah, and see, this is the thing. And this is why I bring these two up, these two characters up side yep. by side because yep. one was in the 70s yep. and one was in the 2000s, yep. whatever it was, 2010s. Yeah. Um, so some forty-year difference, but not much actually changed, you know, because they're playing that same character, and it's almost like this is a non-threatening way of of introducing, you know, a same-sex couple. Yeah, they're, they're cute and they're adorable and they're funny, yeah. and it's like, yeah, no, not all of us are cute, adorable, and funny. Some of us are assholes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> have you have you ever seen a gay like you in something? Probably not. Isn't that isn't that interesting? As in, as in, like uh, probably the closest. This is going to sound really cringe, 
I would say probably Brokeback Mountain is probably the closest <laughs> thing because it is two basically ordinary people yep. that just sleep with each other. Yeah. You know, or love each other or whatever, you know, yeah. without yeah. kind of adding all the other layers. Sure. And they're extremely masculine characters, right? Like, I'm not that masculine. Like, that's crazy. I can barely hear what they're saying because they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't wasn't watching for the dialogue. Let's just put it that way. I agree with you, though. That movie was special for me because I was like, oh, fucking finally, manly gay dudes. What was it, 2005, 2006 or whenever it was? So way ahead of its time. So to bring it back to the question, that's the stuff that I dislike, I guess, or that I'm just sort of. Okay. Would you, could you summarize it as inauthentic campiness? Guys who are turning it up, turning the gay up just because they think they have to, or they feel they have to for some reason. I would agree with that. And I think when I first saw the reboot of Queer Eye. Yep. Jonathan. I just couldn't. JVN. Yep. Yeah. However, seasons later, I see that he's actually more just being who he is. Yeah. Which for me has actually made me a lot more like Brilliant. Um yeah, exactly. And and good. Beating, not not beating good. myself up, but almost telling myself off for thinking a certain way originally. For judging him. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I'm a huge JVN fan and supporter because he is that camp, that silly, you know, he slash she slash they, as far as I'm aware right now, he, she, they uses all the pronouns. Um yeah. is being authentic and that is everything yes yes queen like if you feel good and great being that and doing that great and you said that too right absolutely so the authenticity is probably the more important thing for me yeah the inauthentic sassiness you know i've got time for people to find themselves i've got time for people to explore their sexuality and their personality and frankly a lot of us get shamed into not really knowing who we really are so we need to do more exploring and we're going to be more cringy and more on our baby legs about expressing ourselves and being ourselves um so i've got time for that but you know i i gotta say i agree i dislike the when occasionally people are turning it up and I just I just want to grab them and be like, dude, honey, you are entitled and welcome to be exactly who you are, but this doesn't smell right and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's probably the only thing that I would dislike. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, li- I love that you love the new Queer Eye. Uh, I do too. How do you meet fellow gays? Uh, small town, so it's mostly online. Mm-hmm. I would say in all my, my years of dating, mm-hmm. um, there's probably only one person that I've met in person. How do you mean him? Um, funnily enough, we, uh, they had this kind of mid-century house tour thing here. Um, for those of you listening, I'm an architectural designer, so... I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the houses that was on show was this person's family home, his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we were walking around. We got chatting. And, of course, as after I left, you open up Grinder and you see this person is on here somewhere. Oh, so it was still online. Yeah. Uh, no, but the initial, the initial meeting. Yeah. Because you know, I didn't get a number or anything like that. Ah. So that was just, yeah. So that's probably the only person I can think of, maybe, How'd it go? Uh, yeah, it went well and then it didn't. Oh. 
<laughs> say, hey, you know, it's just part of the bidding process. Cool. Yeah, whatever. So, you know, in a nutshell, the answer is entirely online. Yeah, pretty much. And that's just because of where I am. I think it would be a different story if, you know, I was in a different city. Yeah. Do you come out easily, though? Do you come out easily and frequently? Do people know you as gay? Are you known? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And you still don't meet people in real life? Not really. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nowhere to go, really, that's, like, just our space. I mean, there's a few events that are here and there. but There's not even Tuesdays at Terry's or whatever? Yeah, they do have those kind of things. But, like I say. Yeah, but it's not, not great. It's a pretty small town, and I feel like I've been through most of the ones that I'm interested in. Oof. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. All right. Are you in a relationship? Um, I would say no, but Ooh. maybe. Ooh. Yeah. You got some yeah. little kindling spark. Early, early, early days. Oh. Is there anything special or unusual about your current, quote, relationship? Um, I don't think so. No? Pretty regular? Yeah. So far, so good. Sweet. Keep me posted, all right? I will. We'll we'll put an update in the show notes every six months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So this is a repeat of the original uh, kind of question, but perhaps now we'll we'll get a bit deeper in it. Like, what does gay community or queer community mean to you? Where is this in your life? If it is or if it isn't, and then in crucially, what would you like more of if you could create whatever the hell you want gay or queer community to be something? What what would you make? So today, and then what would you make? Yeah, um, I don't. I, I'm. I mean, I, I'm really bad at being involved in what is around. I'll put my hand up and say that. So I know that I'm definitely probably missing out on on some things because I just mm. just don't look. You know, it's, it's not that I. Well, I don't want to be a part of it. And usually, I'm just. I'd rather do other things. Do you still feel like an outsider amongst outsiders, and and you make the assumption that you won't like what you find? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like that at all. Okay. Good. Yeah. Sounds healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, I guess for me, probably where I would get involved would be things like I, I did a fundraiser a number of years ago for, you know, Rambo Youth um, Suicide Prevention and all, and all that sort of thing. And nice. And I was involved with the whole banning uh, conversion therapy thing, you know. So in New Zealand. Yeah, in New Zealand. So I think that's probably where I, I would be more involved in that kind of advocate, kind of lobbying side. Nice. So you would like to band together with fellow gays to make more resources available to prevent youth suicide? Yeah, well, I mean, I do what I can. Yeah, of course. But as, as far as, you know, what would I like to see? Hmm. Uh, I think locally, I'd like to see more things that are, I guess, in some ways more just a social on a social level as opposed to, you know, going out purely to find someone to, to take home. Yeah, that's tough, isn't it? That's hard because then you got to put rules on how people are allowed to interact and engage in any given space. Well, I don't know. I guess it's, I mean, you know, everybody meets somebody doing something, you know, whether it's, I don't know what straight people do, um, potlucks or, I don't know, going to Bunnings or whatever the fuck they do. Um, but it's but to give you an example. So Auckland has a really great um, inclusive rugby team called the Falcons. Uh huh. You know, you yourself are involved in a wrestling team. Yeah, I'm on the wrestling team. Yeah. It, it's like those things. I think are, are really really good because it's like, well, our common interest is rugby, not the fact that we are gay, or or perhaps both. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's I think. But in some ways, the rugby is more important. 
Yeah. You know, you're there for the game. And I think that's really, really, really great, mm. you know, because it's, it's not, that's the main driver for this social occasion. It's not, mm. we're going to a gay bar to meet other gay people. Mm. I think that's a really mature and healthy way of, of, you know, having these events for ourselves, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think it also puts a message out to the wider world that says, you know, just because we're meeting up doesn't mean we're trying to hook up, you know. Mm. We're not these. That's interesting. Sexually driven kind of crazy people. Oh, Ed, you, it, you know, can I be honest? It sounds a little bit kind of, what's the word, sex negative or you're a bit ashamed that we fuck a lot? Not at all. I'm, we fuck a lot. All right, man. I'm definitely not ashamed of that. But <laughs> okay. What about us, though? I think we have enough of that, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's mm. enough of that. Enough. We have apps for all that sort of shit and mm. places we can go. And, you know, it's like, let's just add something a little bit more mm. deeper. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like we need a, a, a bit more interesting. It's almost like we need a website called like Rainbow Meetup instead of Meetup. Like Meetup exists, right? Which is about people going hiking or watching the rugby or cycling. It's all interests, yeah. But what if there was a dedicated queer uh, Meetup? So it was like people who want to play board games, people who want to go see movies, people who want to just have coffee and hang, people I don't know, whatever the hell you want to do, take drugs and go to raves. Like your choice. I'm not condoning it, but you know, gay Meetup. Yeah. The alternative, the only other way I can think of achieving this kind of thing is um, sticking a rainbow flag on everything. So you could have a generic, quote unquote, straight, like regular rugby club. But if they would just put a rainbow on something or everything, subtly or, or brazenly, you might feel welcome to join. So it's not necessarily that everyone will be gay, but it is a a kind of a visual suggestion that you are welcome and wanted. And so therefore you can be in our community. And this is. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's really beneficial for smaller populations. Yeah. You know, cause you don't know, right. We just don't know. Yeah, exactly. You might end up being the only gay, but because they had a rainbow flag, you're allowed to be gay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like both of them. I like both of them a lot. I know I fully made one of them, but thank you. <laughs> oh, and I got to be real as well. I joined the wrestling club. I was afraid of it for a couple of years because I was like, oh, that's really gay. <laughs> and I had to deal yeah. with those feelings. And I was like, are people just going to hit on me and want to touch my body there? And I was like, oh, I'm not joining that. And then after a couple of years, I was like, Ed, just get over yourself. You're a more or less normal, regular guy, right? I'm sure the other people there are quote unquote normal, regular people too. Turns out I was right, and that is right, and it's slightly sexy. Yeah, you can't deny that if you're gonna throw down and, and grapple and touch the bodies of multiple other men, uh, it's a every uh, kind of queer is included club. We have girls and non-binary and everybody. Um, but yeah, it, there's a sexy factor. Um, but then you just deal with it, and then it is people wrestling. But my primary interest was because I was like, wow, a gay club. What would that be like? I'm not that interested in wrestling. Enjoy it. For sure. I've always been kind of sporty and I like it, especially the grappling. And it's like, yeah, it's fun. But I was just like, what will I feel like? And what would it be like to have a social club that was all gay? And it was special and refreshing and a little bit challenging, and a little bit scary. But mm. I surprised myself when I was like, oh, yeah, this actually is important to me. I feel a level of comfort and, and, and safety and security here that I didn't realize to what extent I was harboring those feelings in other places. 
I've been a part of a lot of sports clubs that I didn't really feel really welcome. Even though I was out and gay, it just still wasn't right. It, you know, people would make jokes. They weren't always good. They weren't outright anti-gay, but it, I didn't feel fully allowed to be me. And, and that changed. So it was very important. Yeah, I surprised myself. I, I totally agree. And I think what you just said is the reason why I'd love to see more of this stuff. Because it is that more, um, more social, less sexual and I don't think there's anything wrong with one or the other, but it's like I think we just need, yeah. And for for some, I mean, there, there might be some some gay guys out there who aren't comfortable with those really uh, overtly or aggressively sexual spaces, mm. you know. And mm. so maybe this is a really good way of them sort of slowly becoming more comfortable. Yeah, for sure. You, you, <laughs> yes. Look, I think every gay person our age would says more or less. I think they'd agree with the statement, like almost everything we do and can get involved with involves sex or alcohol. And that's weird. Yeah. And so you want something more. That's right. Well, I love to talk about Shame. It can be uncomfortable or difficult, but it is a part of all of us, especially us. Uh, so, do you harbor any shame today? What's that like? Um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, Oof, none. Not, not not after working with Ed for a, oh. a number of weeks. <laughs> oh dear. Um, as a plug for you. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. But. It pops up in certain situations mm-hmm. and they would be, you know, like, like recently we've had a few family things and you're sitting at the table and everybody's coupled up and you're the one single person mm. who's, you know, and this is my Christian family, my mm. Christian side, I should say, mum's side. Mm. And so you're kind of, sometimes you perceive that you're being looked at like, oh, yeah, how's that, you know, alternative lifestyle working mm. for you or, and, and so that's probably where I, I feel the most uncomfortable, but I wouldn't say shame. Yeah, it doesn't sound like shame, does it? It sounds like I fucking hate your judgment, like back off cunts. It doesn't matter whether I'm gay or straight. I could be single. But then you feel that they look at you and they're like, you're single because you're gay. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. failing because you're gay. Look at your gay lifestyle. It doesn't look very good, does it? Yeah, that's No, exactly. Feel. Yeah. That's, Aren't you that's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> But have you had you asked me this five six years ago? It would have been a different answer. Yeah, you know? lots of shame. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Because mm. of the, the the situation that I was in, it was like, no, nah, I just you know, you're constantly told that what you are is wrong. Mm. So when you are that way, you feel a lot of shame. Mm. You know, and that's a lot. That's a big thing to get over. Mm. When when you were experiencing shame, obviously you had a lot of it, right? For very understandable reasons. Did you feel a bit disconnected from your true self? Did you push yourself away, police yourself, control yourself, become someone else? Um, yes, hundred percent. I think I think we we get really good at acting. Yeah, we do. Um, and being very guarded with what we say and how we act and what we do. Apparently, a lot of our gay brothers love theatre, so we're both good at acting and good at acting. Yeah, exactly. And if you can't tell, <laughs> then we're doing a really good job. So, <laughs> so what about now? How, did, how was your experience transitioning back to being authentic, being yourself, allowing yourself and reconnecting to yourself to be exactly who you are and nothing else? I think probably the biggest thing for me was when I did come out and just the amount of like pressure I felt go 
Mm. Straight away, it was like a huge weight lifted. Mm. And I think that was kind of the beginning of me being aware that I can actually be whatever I want or whoever I want, or not even who I want, but who I am, I should mm. say, mm. without feeling embarrassed or trying to conceal certain aspects of, of who, you know, my, whether I'm into, into this thing or I like this movie or this music or whatever. And you sort of like, normally you wouldn't tell anybody it's your, you know, guilty pleasure, mm. you know, but when you're, you know, out anyway, you're like, oh, fuck it. If I look, if I look a little bit stereotyped, you know, big deal. <laughs> I'm gay. So, you know, what do you expect? So it's it's like night and day. Was it really that fast and that immediate? Uh, no, it was definitely, that's definitely been a process. Okay. What was that process for you? Sometimes I still feel like that now, but that's more of a taste level. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be listening to this because it's pretty trashy. <laughs> so you still have guilty pleasures and you're still ashamed of them. <laughs> guilty pleasures for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not, not because they're gay, but because you're ashamed yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> for other exactly. reasons. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I've got a question here. I might take it out. Don't know how I feel about it, but how do you rate your life out of 10 these days? Um, I would say probably about a nine. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I guess I put this question in there just in case that was true and people listening, just in case you're not out or in case you're struggling or being gay is a big fucking deal for you and your life still. I mean, look at Ed, look at me, listen to our stories, understand that like Ed would say nine, I would say 10 personally. Good for me. Hooray. We both were nowhere near nine or 10. Yeah, absolutely. Not that long ago. Yeah. If you had asked me five years ago, I probably would have said, oh, I'm an eight or a nine. Mm. But Didn't if you feel had, it? had it honestly answered, it would have been like uh, four or five. Yeah. So in hindsight, are you glad that you were born gay? That's a funny question because I don't, it's, 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 yeah, that's a tough one because I, I couldn't say that I regret it mm. because I haven't known anything else. Mm. You know, I don't know what it's like to not be, so I don't have any comparison. Mm. And, and, and that sort of, I guess, informs my, my answer of, of course I am, you know, mm. because the, the thought of being with a woman is not very attractive. But that's because I am gay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I can't, mm. you know, sure, I think a lot of things would have been easier. And, you know, back in my um, church days, I certainly didn't want to be. And I, I did the whole conversion therapy thing and all went all down that road and everything to try and not be. But that's because, you know, the, the society that I was part of was like, you can't be. Mm. So, of course, you're just like, oh, I wish I wasn't. You know, why do I have this burden, you know? Um, and I think that, go, you know, going back to what I said before about like the weight being lifted, I think that was part of it. It was a big weight, yeah. Like I don't have to put up with this shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did, do you think any of the challenges and the not so easy things that you face because you're, you are gay have turned out well in the end? Um, say that again, sorry. Because, you know, we all face challenges. You know, it, life was pretty shit for us at a certain point because of the gay factor um mm -hmm. not all of our lives necessarily but certainly a big part of it um it have any of those challenges you know what you might call the universal story of being gay ended up being a, a net positive for you 
Like, have you learned, grown, become, achieved anything because you are gay and had to therefore go through the universal gay story? You know, born, shame, get over it. Yeah, so that means that I'm more equipped to deal with other challenges because I've dealt with a major one. Do you feel that way or is that just me saying nice things? I Personally, I think so. Um, but I think I've always been quite quite challenge motivated. So I've always been a little bit driven and a little bit kind of like aggressive and, and getting things done and, and achieving things and making things happen. So I think I think I, I work well in challenge. So I think part of that is, is, is part of it anyway, but it definitely helps that you've overcome this massive adversity. You mm. sort of like, I don't know, I guess maybe it would be like someone who's um, recovered from cancer or something. They get that new kind of mm. lease on life because they're like, well, I've stared death in the face. And, yeah. you know, I, I, you, I guess you, you, you appreciate the value of other things, you know. Yeah, for sure. So. Thank you. You know, your special topic, if it was anything, I think is probably this conversion therapy area, yeah? Is there something is there something you want to just say to the world or to, you know, our listeners or on the topic? Um, thankfully, it, it's becoming a thing of the past, I think. Mm. Um, I say I think because uh, fortunately in New Zealand, it's, it's now becoming illegal to, to do it. Um, even if you do it underground, mm. that's when you're going to get in trouble. Um, I think a lot of societies that are looking towards banning it um, are just going to drive it literally underground <laughs> and it'll still happen but yeah. um, in a lot more sort of covert way. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my biggest thing and, and one of the reasons why I wrote the article that I did on this whole topic was to kind of paint a picture of what it actually looks like. I think we get told that it's you all go away to some sort of camp or some sort of rehab mm. and you get treatment. Mm. That's not always the way it works, mm. you know, and um, it's kind of what I call low-level conversion therapy. Mm. It's when you're in a church or, you know, some whatever environment that tells you you're not allowed to be gay, you can't be gay, Mm. It's a sin or a crime or whatever, mm. um, which which messes with your head. And so that's what drives you to go down that road mm. of seeking help or change or whatever, mm. you know. Like anybody would with any other, you know, legitimate issue. Mm. Like if you've got a gambling problem or whatever, you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to seek out help with this. Mm. But the difference is that those things can be changed. Mm. you know so i think that was the issue that i had and you know i mean i also went as far as to reach out to my former um, church pastor um because he had made some comments online that it doesn't exist in new zealand and i was like well let's have a chat Mm. you know and that didn't didn't go down very well that did not i got some very aggressive very aggressive um texts in response oh dear yeah and i was like you're going to make these calls, talk to people that know. Mm. You mean gay people, yeah? Yeah, or well, people, not even not even gay people, well, obviously mm. gay people, but, yeah, you know, because not all gay people have been down this road. Yes. So I don't think all gay people have the right to, to really talk about it because it's not mm. their experience. Yeah. You know, and so my point was, here I am, someone that used to be on staff at a church, mm. 
you know, who has lived through that environment, who is gay, who has been through this, mm. and great opportunity for you to like, maybe understand. You don't have to agree because your religion is your thing. Mm. But at least talk to somebody and get some perspective. Mm. Don't deny my existence. That got thrown back in my face. I'm like, well, that's your choice. You know, I tried. Yeah. At the end of the day. That's all you can do, man. You can, you, you know, with adults, all we can do is restrict our exposure to them. We can't mind control or physically control another adult. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Um, and look, the way it's turned out is, is, is great. I would have liked it to go a little bit further than what it did over mm. in New Zealand. But mm-hmm. um, end of the day, it's illegal. But I would have liked to have um, made it illegal to uh, say anything anti-gay in a public forum or a public space. Yeah. They, okay. Because the church, the church can still stand there and say, "Gays are sinners." And there's someone in that audience who's hearing that and going, "Well, you know, I don't want to be gay. I am gay, and now I don't have any way of of getting, you know." Yeah, and the damage is done. Yeah. 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 And 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 now it's illegal for me to try and get therapy for it. So. Oh God. Yeah, it's not so clear cut, and that's the problem because they end up in this trap. And when they are in that environment, they don't have their, you know, gay brothers and sisters to kind of no. talk to and help them out or anything yeah. like that. So they just get told, this is wrong. And now apparently we can't change you because it's illegal. Mm. So pretend or whatever. And that's where so many of them end up, you know, going down the suicide road. Yeah. Because there's no other way out, Yeah, you know. And that's why I wanted to sort of say that I, I wanted the legislation to say that you can't legally stand in a public space mm. and say that it's wrong yeah it's hate speech yeah. The damage begins yeah, yeah it's, it's hate speech yeah it is yeah and americans listening you know are probably familiar with that they they are i believe it's in their constitution to protect literally anything you can say out of your mouth is protected but that is not the case uh, in australia and not the case in new zealand hate speech and like racial vilification there are things you can say that it is illegal to say and so you're proposing that that should have included you know queer people absolutely and um, the whole hate speech thing here is still being ratified I don't know what the latest is on that. Um, I suppose we've had a few other things going on in the last couple of years. Sure. But that's definitely, I mean, obviously we had the, the mosque shootings in, in Christchurch a few years ago, and so that was a big thing for us. Yeah. Um, so that's driven a lot of this change, and I think the whole hate speech thing is a, is the tail end of that. Mm. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely change coming, and, and um, the current prime minister we've got, um, you know, Jacinda, Auntie Cindy, as we call her. Jacinda Ardern, yep. Yeah, who's a freaking legend. You know, the, the Labour Party is is, is very progressive mm-hmm. um, and they're the ones who brought the conversion therapy bill to Parliament and mm. that sort of thing. So um, I would say that I, I can definitely see hate speech as being part of her legacy. Nice. So Cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Thank you for sharing and thank you for fighting the good fight and thank you for just being a part of it. I really appreciate that. This is a big and very important, very potentially dangerous and, and, and you know, a health uh, issue for a lot of people. I can put some stuff in the show notes later and we can organize that. But where can people find your article that you wrote? And, and are there any other key resources you'd like to make people aware of? Uh, definitely. I think we'll definitely put some stuff on the show notes because top of my yeah. head, I can't think. Sure. Um, 
and depending where where you live, obviously there'll be different resources. But yeah, um, if you you can Google my name and the article's going to come up. The whole lot of other probably crap as well. But um, okay, so Google Ed Ed Coomba. Yeah, or conversion therapy New Zealand or something. Yeah, along those lines. Yeah. All right. It'll pop up. Cool. So that's E D D C O O M B E R Ed Coomba uh, New Zealand conversion therapy. You'll probably find an article or a news piece there. That's right. It'll be on stuff.co.nz. All right. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ed. That that was truly wonderful. I have a round of zany questions for you. Uh, we're going to go from some heavy-hitting hard stuff to some fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. All These right. are the ones I haven't been prepped for, by the <laughs> way. So I have no idea what's going to happen. No preparation for the zany questions. Do you like coffee? I love coffee. Do you like anal sex? I love that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Pick one, centaurs or mermaids? Oh, shit. Centaurs. Sexually? Probably not. Are you sure? Um, from the from the top up, sure. All right. Yeah. Hey, what shoes are you wearing? Uh, I'm not wearing any. Why? Uh, because I'm at home and it's five o'clock. Boring but fair. <laughs> pop music or another genre? Oh, geez. Pop music of the 1980s. Ooh, yep. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. What's your usual Macca's order? Uh, I, I love a cheeseburger because, um, you know, it's that throwback to my childhood. Oh, yeah. Throw some throw some nuggets in there, but it has to be sweet and sour sauce. Otherwise, oh, I don't want fuck any yes. Oh, sweet and sour. Yeah. Yes. One time they forgot and I rang them up and I said, you just ruined my evening. Oh, and they know exactly what you're talking about because they feel it too. Yeah. <laughs> my partner and his sister invented a thing. They say nuggets are family. Nuggets are family. Take that as you will. What's the gayest thing about you? Probably that I like having sex with men. Good answer. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> What's the straightest thing about you? Good question. Probably my swan dry. And if you don't know what that is, look it up. If I identified as an omnisexual uni being, would you accept me? I'd have to know what that means first. Okay. Red apples or green? Green. Absolutely. Red's yuck. Do you gamble? I used to. Okay. So I used to bet on the Melbourne Cup religiously because mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. a Melbourne boy. Mm-hmm. Now I can't support horse racing. Sorry, it didn't mm-hmm. out there, but I adopted a greyhound, and I can't, I can't be anti greyhound racing and pro horse racing. So, um, if I do gamble, it'll be maybe at the casino. I'm, I might play some blackjack or something. Gotcha. Cereal, toast, or none? Toast is great any time of the day. Cereal's better in the evening. <laughs> Who's sexier, Bigfoot or a male Tinkerbell? Oh my God. Um, that's, oh, wow. Come on. Go with your gut feeling. I'm going to have to go Mal Tinkerbell. Ooh, all right. Yeah. What car do you drive? I drive a Saab. You don't want to get me started on those. Why? Because I'm obsessed. Okay. <laughs> too, long, too long okay, for this so section? Too long. That's okay. like a whole other podcast. <laughs> all right. We'll do that one in the future. How many pairs of underwear do you own? Um, I guess let's say 15 to 20. Ooh. Have you ever done drugs? Yes. Why? I, well, I probably when you when I was being out in, this, out in the scene, I guess, if you will, mm-hmm. that would be things like I've done MDMA occasionally, mm-hmm. but I don't like it, so I don't do it. 
Um, yeah. But I will happily smoke some weed, but only if I know the source. And yeah. it's it's pretty rare. Like maybe Organic trade certified weed. Wholesome yeah, weed. Trade. Yeah. Horses did not suffer plowing this field. Exactly. <laughs> Is there anything else you wish to tell us about your underwear? I've just refreshed it all, actually. So oh, have some, some new stuff in there. Tell us about yeah. that. Oh, what do you want to know? You know what we want to know. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. I'm a trunks person. Ooh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's how I roll. All right. I guess we'll have to leave it at that. We'll do the underwear session another time as well. Cool. What happens when we die? Mm, good question. That depends on your belief and your faith, really, doesn't it? Or your non-belief. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Well, I mean, I still identify myself as, as Christian in nature. Mm-hmm. So I still I believe that there's a creative force. Mm-hmm. You know, but that doesn't say what happens when we die. Well, if you go with that religion, then I guess we will go to heaven, don't we? Okay. You know? All right, we go to heaven. Do you? Do you love me? Do I love you? Yeah. I love all people. Oh, beautiful. All right. Well, uh, Ed Coomber, we will put some resources in the show notes. Obviously, we both think that's very important. Um, If people want to find you, reach you, see you, is there something you want to share? Oh, If people want to, the easiest thing to do is probably um, my Instagram. Instagram? What's Uh, that? It's it's public. So, uh, it's just my first name, last name. Ed Coomber. That's E-double-D Coomber. So, at Ed mm-hmm. Coomber. Yeah. His single boys, go get him. Um, I'm, a, I'm probably a long way away from you, so. Oh. You know. But New Zealand's a great place to visit. Are you afraid of a bit of online romance? I'm not afraid of anything. All right. Sweet. Ed, thank you very much for coming on the show. No worries. All right. Take care. See you later. All righty, Gabers. That was Ed Coomba. He uh, fancies himself as a bit of a bloke, but I think you'll find once you crack that hard exterior, he is a total softy on the inside. Um, If you really love Gaberhood Podcasts and you want to follow along on our Instagram, you can. It is at Gaberhood Podcast. You can send an email for questions, queries, concerns, corrections, etc. to edward at gaberhoodpodcast.com. If you love the podcast, please share it with your friends and drop a review on the platform of your choice and if you really 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 love it please uh help by buying me a coffee or equivalent per month at patreon you can go to patreon.com forward slash gaberhood podcast it is much appreciated